0: I almost didn't use this title, but I decided that it was important to do so because of a Twitter thread that I was involved in recently. The question asked was literally, how do white freelancers find how much projects pay? But as I watched people reacting to the thread, I felt like there were a couple of underlying Additional questions that people were really asking about or were actually really frustrated with. The first was how to connect with brands that actually pay well, how to recognize what business doors need to be open for lucrative projects, and what are the strategies that people, in particular white freelancers, are using to grow their businesses. Even though I do think freelancing has a lot of headwinds facing it right now. I would like to share how my business works and how allies helped it grow. Also, I decided to have this discussion on my Michelle is Money Hungry podcast instead of my Brand Building Lab podcast, which is all about online entrepreneurship for a specific reason. I feel like there are a number of people pursuing freelance writing as a side hustle or it's their primary side hustle. And since I talk about side hustle content, And those kind of things on Michelle is Money Hungry, that's why it's on this show, or that's why I'm having this discussion on this show. Before we get into it, I do want to ask Are you a fan of the envelope system, but you're kind of afraid of accidentally losing all of your cash? Cube Money is a digital envelope app that is FDIC insured and uses a debit card. It's basically paired with a debit card. For the past seven months or so, I've tested out this app. I absolutely love it. I am an affiliate, so if you sign up, I may get a little money back, but I love it as a way to keep your money organized you can put your you can divide your money into different cubes or envelopes and it's all accessible to you with a touch of a finger on that app definitely check it out let me know how you like it i'm in love with cube primarily in (laughs) 3.5 content spaces. So I don't just talk about personal finance. I don't just write about personal finance. I really am focused in the following content creation areas, personal finance and equity, entrepreneurship, outdoors related content, and also stuff on Colorado, and then projects that are adjacent to those topics. I've actually been in the personal finance space for the past eight years and have had honestly a love-hate relationship with freelance writing. Initially, the issue was that I had to take any projects that came my way because I was flat broke and needed all the money I could get. I really basically couldn't say no to the projects that I was saying yes to. When I first quit my nine-to-five, I worked as a virtual assistant, social media assistant, I did freelancing, and I did brand ambassador work, which I love. (laughs) Freelancing in particular intrigued me because I knew that it could be lucrative in my content space, personal finance, because I knew of people making really good money writing for credit card companies, major websites, and just creating general personal finance content outside of credit card related posts. But I seem to be stuck with clients who wanted too much for too little pay or paid me late or just there was always an issue. By the way, I've never used content mills or Upwork or anything like that. I would eventually take a year off from freelance writing and I actually began writing eBooks. This was random, but it ended up being a fantastic move for me because that additional money allowed me to be able to to be a lot more deliberate about the the projects that i was working on that extra income basically gave me choices however i still had difficulty attract difficulties attracting or figuring out how to connect with better paying clients and it was really frustrating like i was i wasn't getting paid badly but it was just i could never level up that was the problem i never could level up and so it was really annoying however no okay so it was really annoying then a couple of things happened in 2020, the George Floyd murder occurred, and it pains me to say that this is all connected. But if you're in the online content creation space and you're a person of color, you know that this is the case. Especially if you were positioned in any kind of space online, people began to reach out to you to do projects, and that was the case with me. And Basically, I said something in passing, like, yes, I'm available to work on such and such projects. And basically, the previous years of positioning myself in my space as a personal finance influencer opened up a lot of opportunities. At the same time, my ally friends realized that I was still not having the type of access to similar projects and opportunities that they were getting in front of, even though I'd worked and collaborated in the personal finance space since 2012, and had begun freelance writing in earnest around 2017. So they started uh, sharing opportunities with me, in particular, one friend who just is amazing. She's amazing. And she shared so many tips and wisdom and invited me into a basically what acts as a mastermind group where I learned a lot of things, so I'm going to share seven tips to grow your freelance income, and this is kind of what I did. And I was surprised to find that I'd done a lot of things well. I, I was doing some things very strategically, even though I didn't know it, but having an ally open up more access to information made everything actually come together better, I was working hard, but I just needed more insight and understanding of who to get in front of. So tip number one, develop at least three distinct areas of easily identifiable expertise on your part. Basically, people should immediately associate you with certain areas of expertise. They should not be guessing what you're an expert in. In my case, those areas are, as I mentioned earlier, personal finance, online entrepreneurship, social equity conversations, and all things the state of Colorado. I get regularly called out for stuff in those four spaces of content or areas of expertise. That expertise helped people share opportunities that were a completely obvious fit for me that meant I more often got a yes when responding to those leads forwarded to me because I was a good fit already. Like it was a clear fit. Being an expert also inadvertently positively impacted my my rates. Basically my rates naturally went up because uh, the idea is I was an expert, so I was paid more, right? Tip number two, work your numbers. Serious talk. Have you sat down and really worked your numbers? This is what I mean. How much do you want to earn for an hour of work? Then subtract your taxes. I want to earn a minimum of $250 to $300 an hour. So if I'm working on a project, that's the range that I'm working, working with. (laughs) And I'm a fast writer, so it actually works nicely. How long does it take you to finish a piece of content plus the editing time? Because obviously your editors will want you to work on um, cleaning up things and clearing up whatever questions that they may have for the work that you've turned in. How much you would like to earn minimum a month? What is your minimum amount that you absolutely, absolutely want to earn so that you can survive and pay your bills and be ahead of things? Factor in the following monthly expenses, your emergency fund, retirement tools uh, like your Roth uh, Roth IRA, debt repayment, insurance, taxes, just like figure it all out. Fun, dating, whatever it is, work your budget and be honest with yourself because there's nothing worse than growing a business and really struggling. And I've gone through that. I know that I need to work a certain number of projects in order to hit my minimum monthly earnings goal. And actually one of the things I forgot to mention in my show notes is also factor in the number of hours you want to work per month. So I don't work 40 hours a week (laughs) for other people. No. (laughs) So I work significantly less. Now I should mention that I have more than one income stream. like I'm making money a number of different ways. But one of the things I looked at and I look at constantly is how can I earn more in as little time as possible? For me, I'm really focused on passive income moving forward for the upcoming year. That's my big push. But for projects for other people, which I still do. And that could include freelance writing, coaching, whatever. There's a certain amount of hours I'm willing to work. And then that's it. So no, I am not working 40 hours a week. But if I'm earning you know, $250, $300, 300 or more dollar a word projects, then clearly I don't I don't need to. (laughs) So that's just something to think about. Diversify your income. I really can't state this often enough. Yes, you're a freelance writer, but it's imperative that you diversify your income. This actually may take a while to do, but is so worth it. You can do this in a couple of different ways. Have more than one area of expertise. You see how I keep bringing this up? If there's a seasonal dip in interest in a certain area, you can pick up the slack with other content. So again, I'm in in the personal finance space. And that content in November, December is gone because no one wants to think about like personal finance during the holiday season, they're they're spending their cash. But you know when it picks up? January, February, and so on and so forth. So know that. And in fact, in my case, I'm actually writing a nonfiction book. I'm gonna be pre-selling that book and that book will go on sale in January kind of understanding that I will have big impact in terms of my earnings because of the time of year. I'm being very deliberate. Have a part-time job. Sometimes that just might be a good thing to do for a couple of reasons. You have income coming in, even if it's a small amount of income, it diversifies your income. And it by having income coming in, it helps to eliminate urgency on your part to say yes to everything. So that's just something to think about. Learn how to do copywriting. That's an extension of your freelance writing skills, right? Copy is so, it's such a great skill to have. Learn how to do copywriting. Anyone with a website needs copy. Anyone with a business needs copy. Basically it's selling a product. That's copywriting, persuasive language in order to sell a thing. That's it. So, learn how to do that. Write ebooks. Again, I love writing ebooks. I even run a course, Make Money with Ebooks. But I love writing ebooks because basically it's the same skill set, but just applied a different way. So, I make money with ebooks every single month. My earnings can kind of ebb and flow. I stopped publishing new books in March of 2020. What happened then? <laughs> Corona. So it kind of killed my creativity, but it didn't kill my passive income. In fact, I just got notifications today that I'm getting payments next week from my eBooks. Are they large payments? No, because I did nothing with my books, but actually at the time of this recording, I'm about to start writing eBooks again. I'm super excited. My creativity has come back and I'm so excited about it. Write eBooks. And there may be an area of expertise or even creativity, fiction books that you could be putting out in the world. Do some ghostwriting. I actually know a number of people who have ghostwriters who are doing the initial work on a project for them. Then they go back in and add their voice and edit it so it sounds like them. I don't do that because that's just adding a level of complexity into my life I don't want to deal with. But I know people who do. And they do that for a reason that I'll touch on uh, later in this episode. Contribute blog content to blogs. Blogs are still huge. That's why there are websites online. (laughs) And blogs make money. There are a lot of bloggers still needing help creating content for their websites. And so you could be that person. I've done it, and it was steady work. It didn't pay a lot, but it was steady work, and it was a great way for me to also see the back end of that person's business. And it was easy. It was straightforward. So that was something that was something that helped me and it was great at the time. Teach online. You may even teach something completely unrelated to your writing career. Maybe you know Russian and you want to tutor people in Russian, or maybe you are wonderful at speaking English and you want to teach Chinese students in particular, very lucrative, how to speak English. Whatever it is, There are a lot of ways that you can make money and optimize your time, and that's a big thing for me is how can you make as much money in as little time as possible? So think about that, especially when you're freelance writing because that takes a certain kind of mental energy. Tip number three, have a simple branded website. Your website nowadays functions in the role of a resume, include backlinks to your current project, share your expertise on that simple branded website and be really clear about the work that you're available to do. And I can't state this enough, make it really easy for editors to contact you. My website does need a web uh, does need a facelift, but it has still gotten me brand ambassador work and I don't mean like the side hustle stuff, I mean big projects, freelance projects, affiliate income, speaking gigs and some tiny TV spots like this website that you you are looking at now with the show notes that isn't sexy still has got me a lot of lot of work. So just think about that. Tip number four: Network your ass off. People work with who they know. Let me say this again: People work with who they know. So become known to people in your area of expertise. Follow editors on Twitter. I've actually gotten a large number of projects off Twitter, even though I rage tweet. I actually wrote a post about that. By tweeting what I believe in, my beliefs and my concerns, it makes it easier for editors to know the kind of content that they feel comfortable having me write. We're in alignment. I was pitched by one very conservative newspaper about something and I very I declined they were very gracious about it actually and it was about the pro act. so when you are pitched by people or if they reach out to you do check who they are and I felt like I did not want to be positioned in that way I felt very uncomfortable with that because I'm very liberal and I understood why they they were intrigued by having me um like potentially in their paper but I was like I respectfully (laughs) decline But anyway, follow editors, follow journalists on Twitter. They may need an expert on their show. And I mean local local to you as well as nationally. I follow a number of people who are local news anchors here in Denver. And they retweet my stuff or respond or whatever. And sooner or later, it will make sense for me to maybe pitch a thing or maybe one of my projects, hopefully my. Square State Project in particular may catch their eye. And maybe I will end up on Kyle Clark's show next talking about that. I'm putting that out into the universe. My point is, again, you're getting to know these, no quote unquote, these people over time. And in fact, because of my Twitter activities, I just landed my own radio show that was pitched to me via Twitter. <laughs> and um, it's kind of a big deal. And I'm really excited about it. So Be out there. You can't just hope for people to know you. You have to be intentional. Attend conferences. But if you don't have deep pockets like I didn't for years, I just finished paying off a whole bunch of debt. I totally understand if you're like, Michelle, I'm broke, I'm trying to make money, but you have to go to conferences in order to get in front of brands, in front of your colleagues who are other freelancers. And basically I was able to grow my business by volunteering at these events in exchange for a free ticket. It could be an event that is hosted in your home city, your home state, or it could be one out of state. So don't be like, well, I don't wanna go to New York and I live in Arizona, I didn't say that. There are there are events that are held in your town. So spend the time to research them, because part of this is you have to take action. You have to take action. And actually, it is really crazy to me how many people you can meet and network with while volunteering because you're in a position of helping them. And so it's a really positive way for people to remember you something to consider. And in fact, when I did side hustles at the Denver Convention Center of all places, some of the best networking I've ever done was when I was doing random side hustles at the convention center. And I mean like executives at major sports companies, sports apparel companies. I met the vice president of a major one here in Colorado. I met people who were really high up in Google just because I was working conferences. But you have to be really you have to put yourself out there and know how to sh- how to not schmooze, but know how to connect and talk to people in those, you know, in those spaces so that it's natural and not weird. But that's all another conversation. Apply to speak at a conference. You typically will get a free ticket and get to highlight and share your expertise again. Speak at conferences, even if it's on a panel. Panels are great because you don't have all the pressure on you to deliver a thing. Speak in people's online communities about your expertise as a guest. Now, don't just randomly spout off in a group. You'll get kicked out. But literally, if a community creator is looking for experts, raise your hand and be an expert and and let people see who you are. People, it's crazy who knows whom. And it's funny because I find that a lot of people way underestimate who people may know based on the jobs that they have. So some of the best people to know are baristas. I always say this, like like coffee coffee shop baristas, um, because they know everybody. They're talking to everyone who's coming into their shop. And so they're really good at connecting you with other people. So just as a side note, and in fact, one of my favorite baristas is shooting my cover for my book. <laughs> so, you know, talk to people and connect, and um, you'd be surprised at who knows whom and what people can support you with. Attend local meetup groups. I can't say it enough. I love Meetup. I love Meetup. If you're not familiar with it, it's been around since after 9 11. And Meetup basically was created after the aftermath of the 9 11 attacks as a way to foster community. I have actually attended uh, meetup events all over the world. I, I did several events when I was in Australia. I actually did an event this week, the week that I'm recording this episode. I'm actually looking to create my own group. I love meetup. Meetup is a great way to connect with other people who are doing what you're doing. You don't have, if you don't have a group that is quite what you're looking for, you can create your own. You don't have to wait for other people. You can do the thing. Create a mastermind group. I have been in a mastermind um, of at least one or two masterminds a year since I want to say like 2015 concurrently. I've always been in a mastermind. Masterminds are key to my ability to grow my business and in a mastermind, this is unpaid. I've never been in a paid one and they've been really, really lucrative. Gather, if you will, five to seven other freelancers who are at different stages of their business and commit to meeting once or twice a month or whatever you guys decide. It could even be weekly, but that might be a little too much. And do the following encourage one another, share your personal best practices, share leads, collaborate versus compete, discuss how you're growing your client list. Who's a great editor and versus who's not? That has, That's actually something that in the group that I'm in, they talk about quite a bit. What an editor's work style is, who's really easy to work with, who might be a little challenging, who's very difficult. And that keeps me from saying yes to projects that won't work just based on personality. It's great. Have candid conversations with your ally friends. If they're truly friends and allies and really secure in their business, they will share what they know. They will, we live in a country, if you are in the US, we live in a country with 300 million plus people. There's a lot of work to be done. There's a lot of work to be done out there. So there's no need to compete if and especially if you know your numbers, you know that you know what you need to do in order to meet your goals. Tip number 5, always send more than one pitch. When I receive a call for pitches from an editor, I always send back a minimum of five to 10 very well crafted and thought out pitches. I always get a minimum of about three projects approved using this system. Pay attention to your client's style guide when doing this and review their content to avoid duplicating what they already have on their website. Also. In your mind, have a minimum earned per project based on the scope of work. So different types of projects obviously would have a different starting point for you. Build in your raises. You can start really small if it makes you nervous, um, but you need to build in your raises. So right now, I'm in that point where I'm like, I need to make more than what I'm making right now. This is non-negotiable. So before. Earlier in this show I talked about like $250, 300 is my minimum minimum per hour and I'm probably going to change that to 300 to um 350. Not even probably, that's what I'm going to do. So that changes who I'm pitching and if I have to negotiate with people and it doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter what project it is Um, it just means that that's what has to happen because I have to pay my bills and I have to prepare for retirement and have things to do. So, um, yeah, there's that. Tip number six, fire bad clients fast. This was something that was really hard for me to do in the beginning of my business because I was just broke. I had to keep everyone. And this was a problem. Picking up a side hustle actually helped me to take a step back in my business and work with clients who respected me paid me on time, and had a clear scope of work and reasonable edit process. Bad clients will mess with your mind, time, and wallet. Get rid of them fast. They don't, even know, they don't even have to know that they are bad clients for you. Just stop pitching them posts and move on. And move on. Again, there are plenty of people who need your help. Tip number seven, always be onboarding. You should always be adding in the process of, you should always be adding clients. Basically, you need to always be in the process of attracting new clients to your roster. Some clients take a while to get their project started and to onboard. In fact, I have a huge client that signed me on for one project in March. So this is a project that will be ongoing and it's a lot of content. It hasn't started yet. I'm recording this episode in July, but something else actually happened. They had me do other scope of work. Like they basically started assigning me other work. And then I ended up being pitched to do a video content series for this client. Do you want to know who this client is? It's Experian. Yes, that experience. So now I have this major brand project that I did for uh, creating a course talking about what is credit. Super excited about it. It was was really hard to do and a little initially out of my comfort zone, but we rocked it. And um, you may be surprised by what can happen with a project that, is, that might change over time. So hopefully we're going to do this other thing. But in the meantime, I ended up doing a really cool project again because of my established expertise. Again, I'm emphasizing this over and over again. <laughs> so I want to leave you with some additional bonus tips. Be intentional. Don't let your business happen to you. Don't be vague and looking for random ass projects. Look for content that grows your expertise and brand while paying you. I'm known as an expert or at least somewhat knowledgeable about the content that that I talk about because I pick projects that grow my influence and income. I'm deliberate about it, especially now. LinkedIn strategy. So this is not my strategy, but this is a strategy of a freelancer that I know who makes I think this person makes about 350,000 a year to 400,000 a year. I don't I don't want to be writing for that many people, so that's not my jam. But this person basically will find job listings on LinkedIn where they're looking for they're looking for staff. They're looking to hire someone permanently in a full-time role and Basically, she pitches, hey, or basically this person will pitch and say, hey, do you need help during the interim? I would love to support you while you look for your permanent hire. And more often than not, this person's hired on to fill the the gap between when they they start their search and when they get their new hire, hire transitioned in. It's been very lucrative for this person. Apply for small business grants. There is a huge amount of grant money circulating out there. <laughs> Massive amounts of money because of the stimulus plans that were passed by Congress. These this grant money is typically distributed by third party provi- like grant distributors. And what's interesting about that is depending on the organization, they can create a scope of what they're looking for. So you might actually fall within the parameters of what, like your business, of a business that's appropriate for the grant that they're issuing out there. So it could be for creative writers, it could be for women of color, it could be for first gen, it could be for single fathers, black, white, whatever. You don't know unless you do the research. So part of what I do now is I do grant research Week, weekly so that I'm always applying for grants now I have different parts of my business so I have a podcast I have a conference that I host I have these different things that I do so I'm able to kind of craft grant I, grant proposals based on that but you may be surprised at what's out there there's hundreds of millions of dollars floating out in the ether. If Jeff Bezos just gave 200 million dollars, 100 million dollars to two different people to give as they felt felt like they would like to give, there's a lot of money out there. So be get yourself in front of that money. Get yourself in front of that money. Apply for professional development scholarships. Basically, you want to be in the rooms where professionals in your spaces are networking and having substantive conversations about what they're doing to build their freelancing businesses. A large number of conferences have scholarship or volunteer, volunteer options. How do I know? Because I've gotten both. In fact, I signed up to volunteer with a new to me conference in 2020. I volunteered for it because it was new to me and I didn't want to spend my money on it and have it suck because that happened one year and it really pissed me off. And it's in a different space than what I regular, regularly am working in. Um, and it's a space that I'm I'm kind of breaking into, if you will. So I didn't want to spend too much cash on that anyway. 2020 happened. Obviously, that conference was canceled. And then they decided not to hold it in 2021, which may be a really good decision. So they're going to hold it in 2022. Guess who got an email about, oh, hey, this is the schedule for 2022. See you then. So I am still slated to be a volunteer for this event that was supposed to happen basically two years ago by the time they have it. And I'll still be able to attend for free. So nothing hurts by asking. They will say yes or no. That's it. Nothing hurts if you don't ask. Another tip actually that I didn't, I need to add to the show notes is be on committees, like join a committee in the community that you're in. Because again, it It keeps you in the loop and it helps you establish your expertise, especially as POC. Be bold and be out there uh, having the conversations. It might feel a little awkward. It can be a little um, uncomfortable for some people, but put yourself out there and maybe people will piss you off. Maybe they won't. Maybe people will surprise you. Um, But put yourself out there, because if you don't, it's going to be very difficult for people to know who you are and what you do. I'm going to be candid and say that most people struggle, in my view, with strategy, consistency and focus outside of the access piece. Being a part of a community community of people doing the same work will quite honestly help to keep you focused and on task and and like work towards the results you're trying to work towards I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do like, subscribe and review the show. And um, let me know what you think and if any of the strategies were helpful. Have a good day. Bye.